We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Jack Ramsey's Danny Morang, Brandon Sprague, and special guest of Locked On Blazers. It's Jack Ramsey's uh, Locked On collab. Mike Richmond joins the show and is just lovely, fuzzy, just nothing but excitement-filled attitude. That's what we're going with here. What's going on, Mike? I am pretty. I would, in general, I'm pretty rosy. I got positive, positive vibes. Like mm. it's 80 degrees here still, and uh, it is still you know. summer here. Yeah, everyone loves when you start a podcast talking about weather. That's yeah. what they teach you at podcasting school. 100%. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, yeah. listen, the Blazers are didn't look very good on Sunday, but it's not over yet, baby. It's not <laughs> over yet. They got chances to look bad in the future, too. Oh. They look bad on Wednesday, <laughs> bad next week. All right. Thank Brent, you for painting that picture yeah, for us, Mike. We yeah. weren't already down in the dumps enough. I really appreciate that. I, I, I love this. Um <laughs> Mike, thank you for joining us. We've been talking about doing this for a while, back and forth. Uh, I was hoping we would have a situation where I, I think you and I look at things very much the same and come to different conclusions a, a lot. And I, that's part of the reason I like listening to you is that we kind of come at things in the same way. We end up in different places. I don't think we're ending up in different places right now, unfortunately. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Long way to go. Long way to go. We could still, there's yeah. still time for disagreement, but right now, you know, it's, if you want, if you were lucky enough to watch the game, you know what you saw. Yeah. And, uh, well, okay. can I, can I interject real yeah, quick, yeah. Danny? Okay. So that's interesting. I kind of did get a different opinion from you guys. What's, what's your take? Give us Where? your take. Well, it is not really a take. It was more. So I listened Mike to your pod this morning and then I'm more gauging this off of, Twitter because me and Danny haven't potted till right now. Yeah. It feels like there's a there's an in-between here of you are acknowledging what Nurk has been or is. Dan or uh, Mike is also doing that. But the divide seems to be I took away Mike going, hey, I've seen the I saw this last year and I saw it two years ago, and it didn't end up being better. And you kind of seem to be in the it's preseason. It's it's not this isn't necessarily who they're going to be. That's that's, I guess, the difference that I've noticed. And I'm gauging this off of Twitter versus like hearing one guy actually speak. So I I was really interested to dive into this today because, again, you highlighted I think you guys 
view things very similar. Just sometimes the takeaways can be different. And this is one of the takeaways was like, oh, okay. I cannot wait to talk to these guys because I want to see how we all kind of feel about where this team is. Um, I, I think for me, at least the idea of use of Nurkic might be a little bit beyond what it can be right now. And I say that because this is a guy who, and, and again, press conferences, winning, losing press conference, all that kind of stuff, saying the right thing. Nurk's actually been pretty good at those for the most part. I would argue throughout his career. He, he kind of gets what's the vibe, right, Mike? Yeah. I mean, some Nurk can get mad. And then when he's mad, it's too late. And then it's yes. like, and then he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I would think in general when he's, yeah, he can, he, he knows how to say the right thing, particularly early in the season. He's, he's on message. And so kind of with that idea, I, I looked at this and went, okay, you know, he says he's in the best shape of his life, you know, or whatever it was. And, you know, after playing two months for FIBA, playing for Bosnia, you're like, yeah, you should be in pretty damn good shape. He's in December. If he's in December, this team's in trouble at that position because they have no depth behind him and he can't play 20 minutes. Like, I don't, I don't think there's – like, everyone's like, well, he'll only play 28. Like, I don't think he can play 20 minutes right now. And, the, and for all of the – it's still preseason. I don't think people realize that the season is a week away. And there's no amount of getting him up to speed in a week, two weeks. It's, he's a month. Like when you're that big, you're, you don't like just ramp up and like go, you aren't Anthony Simons or Damian Lillard where you're 205 pounds and like, all right, let's go. And you kind of get your wind as you work through the season. Like he, there's been multiple times where he's not just tired. Like he's doubled over at the free throw line. He's sucking air. He's trying to, I mean, you look at the jazz game. He got switched on to Jordan Clarkson. And I was, he actually did a, a, a fairly decent job in isolation against him. It's like, oh, that's not bad. Ant reaches in, takes a kind of a cheap foul, and Clarkson goes to the line. Nurk is done. He is gasping. Not like, okay, I'm a normal big guy, tired. He's like, it was, I can't go. He, I mean, he was done, completely cooked. And I was like, oh, this is, this is a problem. Because as soon as you saw him coming off the floor, they change who they are very drastically. And that, and it's not even just the depth issue. It's how they're playing when they go small. They're playing faster, but they're playing faster and sloppier at the same time. So it kind of exacerbates some additional issues. Whereas I think, you're for, at least for me, you're looking at Nurk to be a stabilizer. Like, let's go ahead and lock down the pain as a big body. Let's run some offense through him as a playmaker. Let's kind of just... That's your pace, because part of the reason that they control pace is that Nurk's not running up and down the floor, and Dame doesn't play fast. So your slow moments are supposed to be with those two guys, and that's where the control is supposed to be be demonstrated. It hasn't been there, and then you get to the second unit or the the off mixed units. They're playing fast, but they haven't played with each other, so it's just kind of everywhere. That's where I sit at least with Nurk right now. Like, is is that jive with what you've seen, Mike, or is are you seeing it differently? Yeah, I mean, he's he hasn't looked very good. I, I I think we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I think in general, a lot gets put at his feet because the roster behind him is so whack. Yeah. So like, you know, if he has a bad night, it is more detrimental than almost anyone else on the team. I mean, Dave, for sure. But it's like almost, it's like, which is probably unfair for him, but like, it's not, that's not going to change. That's, that's about, that's like, it's still going to be there. Uh, He's actually like, I know, I don't want to do this because I've pledged to never look at the box score in preseason, but he's... I I did y'all. Did I have it? looked. I I have looked at some box scores of the preseason. I'll admit it. He's he's kind of shooting fine. Like it feels like he's missing a million layups, but he's kind of shooting fine. Yeah. His free is he doesn't like he doesn't make free throws, but whatever. Um, he's like a seventy percent free throw shooter. That's just going to be That's who he, who he is. is. Yeah. Yeah. He's just a basketball player. As a, but like he's kind of shooting fine. It feels like he's shooting way worse. He's kind of been okay. Um. So I, I'm probably not like I'm not like I'm not high on Nurk's like I don't think he's looked good but I'm I, I think the panic is much more about his co as much about his co-workers as it is about him because like you need Nurk to give you 30 minutes or 27 mm-hmm. and a half good minutes or you or it's like a lot of Olivier Saar um and that's which that's should a probably big, get used to yeah he he seems to be the backup center all of a sudden uh so yeah like it's it's a lot um it, Brandon I guess what is what is uh what's Nurk's peak? Like what does best Nurk look like and how long does best Nurk exist? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. How how long does it last? I mean, it's yeah, probably a that's two the week. Question. It's probably a two or three week run uh at peak and in then March. Like, in March. And for me, it's it's mostly like peak Nurk, like for this team, you know, it's probably something like 14 and 12. You know, it's not through the roof stats, but he's probably being pretty dominant for them defensively, even if there's holes around him. He's aggressive on the glass. He's not allowing easy putbacks. He's not, as Danny mentioned, he's not hunched over to free throw line gasping fair, which is kind of odd because he played in the summer. So it's like, how can you be, I guess, out of that much shape? But I think, Mike, what you're hitting on is is, is right because it has been alarming. I mean, it's been a little alarming to me. I've talked about this already. His shot, his shooting percentage is fine, but he's he's like a minus eighteen, and I'm not always a big plus minus guy, but like it kind of feels representative of what we've seen. Yesterday was a total collapse, yeah. And I think it, it kind of is pinned on him because one, you're talking about a player who, when he starts playing, I don't know, Mike, what the percentage of Blazer fans going to go. Oh, Olivia Saar, what's that percentage going to be? Over twelve percent? I would bet the under on that. Hey, there's some nerds out there. There's some people who are excited about Olivier Sar. There are, but when you fill the moto with 20,000 people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be like 2,000 people like, hey, Olivia. And they're like, who the hell is, where is she? Who are you talking about? Like, <laughs> that's just what it's going to be. And so, fair or not, Nurk just got the bag. And yep. it was four years guaranteed. And, and again, we shouldn't do this. Sometimes we do it and it's not right. But I think for him, it's going to be a lot of, hey, 
you just got paid. Give us the production. Make up for where this roster is lacking. And I think that's the concerning part is he might not be able to. And so, like, where's that hostility and attitude going to be? Because we've seen he can, as high as he can get, he can get real low and woe is me type attitude too. And that's what we're familiar with. Yeah, I, I said I did like a, a little player preview and I was like the worst case scenario for Nurk is like if anyone at any point mentions how much money he makes and we are not yet through preseason and a popular blazer podcast is mentioning his salary. So we didn't even make it to game one. <laughs> we didn't even make it to game one. And Brandon's out here like, oh. I, I know how people think. I know fans no, it's, are going to think. Well, you, you you've know? got a comment right now. How is that contract viewed throughout the league? And right. Not favorably, but, but I didn't in, in my talks, it was the money was not the issue. It was the fourth year. It's the years. That yeah. that's what I was hit with more often than not. Like yeah, they're like, ah, like starting center, like 16, 18 million. Like that's that's pretty normal. But yeah, it wasn't the like wasn't just sort of a natural guess. We would have said, I bet Nurk makes 15 million bucks. Like he was making 12. It's like he gets a whatever yeah. 25% raise. Like, you know, he 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 agreed to not play basketball. He got a tanking for them. raise. He got a tanking yeah. raise. Yeah. <laughs> he agreed to not play basketball for them. So it's like, you know, he you knew he was going to get paid. So he got paid a little bit more than you would have guessed. Sure. Uh, but it's it's the it's the longevity, it's yeah. the guaranteed money, it's all the yeah, I, I think that's it. Uh uh Danny, I'm curious. Brandon asked us this. Does preseason matter? I, I am of the mindset that it does, and it always has. I know you're a, a, a newer adopter to paying attention to preseason mattering <laughs> sunday was the first preseason game that's ever mattered to me <laughs> like mike's I, making fun of himself as he's doing yeah. it's like you're such a nerd yeah, yeah. i know i am <laughs> well i mean I, I was i beat brandon over the head with this last year i go listen yeah. man there's things you can glean from preseason that and i i i'm firmly with you in the box scores i don't care about preseason box scores i care about process like, yeah, just watch the games. Yeah, yeah like, let, let me see what's happening here. And as ugly as they look, the turnovers, like, that's something that's, I think that's a very easy thing to get past. The fouling yeah. is something that's very, and that's something that's muddying up the game a ton right now. Just how they also sh- they also shot poorly against Sacramento. Yeah. Like if they mm-hmm. just make if they make like a normal number of threes, it looks a little bit better. Yeah, uh, sure. But and all of those things you can see when you like, um, some of it is just kind of sloppiness. I, I'm with you that I'm not worried about that. But the 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 defense looks miles away from where you yep. want it to be. And that was the other thing is that I'm sitting there with my notes and I'm watching. It's Sacramento. It's Deer and Fox. And they're opening, dropping hard. Number one, Nurk yep. was at the free throw line and like never came above. It was the most he had dropped all, all preseason by a metric crap done. Uh Anthony and Dame, whoever was whoever was on De'Aaron at the time, they were treating him like, like Russell Westbrook. They yeah, were going under, hard yeah. under. And so I was like, I mean, because that's how you treat De'Aaron Fox. I think he's a twenty eight percent career three point shooter. Like he's yeah, he's, he doesn't, and he doesn't take pull up mid rangers no, really very often. He's a, so you keep like, him out of the paint. He's like probably the, what, the fastest or second fastest point guard in the league with the ball in his hands. Like let's contain this guy. Well, they added Kevin Herter, and Harrison Barnes looks like he found a time machine, and Keegan Murray can shoot the hell out of the ball. And Sabonis is a hell of a passer. And all of a sudden, there was more than one or two things Portland needed to stop. And right now, they are not geared to stop more than one or two things. The one thing I think that they've done well is that they have collapsed and corralled drivers. The problem is what happens after that. 
the kickout uh, packs, the cross, the the, the X outs, the recoveries. That's where it's been really bad. Would you would you agree or? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it's where they struggled last year. Is this is a a, a third action on offense? Yeah. It's like, hey, we're gonna go. We're gonna. We know what they want to do. The first thing they want to do is we got to. He wants to go left. Let's not let him go left. Okay, mm-hmm. we sent him right. Okay, here's we we check that box, baby. And then it's like got one then, foot in the paint, and then what? Yeah, yeah. It's and it's like that's been their issue. Is the second and the third and the just the rotation stuff and trusting each other. It's why playing a more aggressive style defense hasn't suited them because you got to cover for each other in that aggressive style defense. I'm not out on it as like a idea, but one of the reasons they've struggled with it is because it demands that you make five, six, seven rotations within a, within a defensive possession. And they haven't even been good at the third one. So I I think, I think a tough thing, I think you guys are hitting on some good stuff and I think a lot of people are noticing some of this, but like breaking it down is, is always helpful. The the one thing I would say, and, and it's a little more simplistic than defensive coverages. You quite literally watch the Kings be better than you. And I think yep. there's an idea. I was talking to a couple of friends after last night. I, I have a group chat of blazer sickos and it, it, it was a really interesting kind of back and forth where I just kind of like threw something out. And then I sat back and like saw the shark seat. And it was basically one takeaway was, and I thought this was interesting. It's a weird team in the sense of you like the pieces. They're not sure about Josh Hart being a starter. Like what's that about? He seems like he's more valuable coming off the bench for you because of what he can do. But they're also just kind of looking at it as like, you didn't significantly upgrade your roster. Dame is 32. You look around the West. I mean, I'm looking at their first five, six games. They could very well start 0-5. And it wouldn't surprise me because of the teams that they're playing. Their schedule's tough. Phoenix is a big wild card here because we don't know if they're going to have totally weird vibes or just get it going. But I, I think it's just more the uncertainty of where you sit in the West. The uncertainty of, is Gary Payton the second coming back really going to change much? No depth at the big. No idea if Chauncey still to this day is a good or bad yeah. coach. We have no feel for that. And the Dame clock is ticking. And so... You add all of these things in and everything you guys have talked about so far. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think a lot of people, man, some of these big picture things are looming. And it kind of is weird because it was looming with them last year. And it's not fair to Joe and company, but it seems like it's this residual carryover of, oh, you didn't go get a four-time All-NBA guy next to Dame? Well, and then you start to question things and you start to wonder what their place in the Western Conference is. And then you pair that with the Kings, the Kangs, making them look how they looked last night. And you, you got to give the Kings a little bit of worried. love. You got to give I the Kings do. a little bit of love. I'm they, just telling you. They make a lot more sense than they've made in years. They're the Kangs until they're not the Kangs for a lot of oh, people. Oh, for sure. For sure. And also, like, if the Blazers had lost that game in the third quarter, like one bad quarter where they look bad, then it's like a little bit, oh, yeah, you know, they had eight sure. minutes where they sucked. I, they haven't had like a really good six minute stretch where you could say like th- those dudes, if we find those dudes, we're going to be okay. I think that's it was a four minute about- stretch against Utah. Yeah. They were that's, that's, openly that's, trying to get, but, that, that's, that's, but that's kind of the point is they couldn't get to the six minute point yeah. and it was against Utah. Like, yeah. yeah. And, and they looked, there were after a Rocky start against the Clippers. I think they played pretty well in that second quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, not great, but they played fine. Like they I wasn't hit shots, yet. but like they, they executed yeah, what they wanted to do and and didn't look lost. 
Yeah, that game didn't worry me at all. The Utah game the next night, I was like, oh no, this team's bad. And then like, you're like, okay, they're going to get it together. Like second night of a back-to-back, Utah has like a lot of veterans, you know, like whatever. They actually have like, they have like a weird, like sneaky competitive team. They're going to be one of those teams that like has to actively get worse. Uh, And then, and then you go into, it's like Sacramento. It's like, that's the 11th best team in the league. This was a dress rehearsal. Both teams kind of played it straight up and the Blazers looked non-competitive for the first half. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's 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 kind of what this this team is built around one guy in Damian Lord. Is there or do you any cause for concern, Mike, as far as how he's looked? I didn't think he looked good against Sack. In general, no. Like in general, no. The track record just kind of speaks for itself. Way yeah, too loudly. I'm not yeah. I'm not panicking yet at all about Dame. I believe in him. Uh, if he's let's right, give him a month, guys. Let's give him a month. He has to play in ten months, and that's kind of right. like my whole. Let's give him some feel. Yeah, some run up. I do think there is a pushback between what he wants to do and what the ideal Chauncey Billups offense is. And yes. I think they will have to figure that out every day forever. Is that, is that tempo, Mike? Is that tempo? Is, I mean, is that any different than Terry it's, saying we're going to run this year and then they don't like, isn't that kind of the same? It's so, idea? it is, it is th- that part, the sort of, I would say the big picture stuff is freaking identical to the Stotts era, right? Like, it's like, this coach wants to play faster. This coach wants to move the ball. But Chauncey is trying to get the initial action of Dame sprinting through the paint and off a screen and then catch and then go from there. And, like, he just... Dame wants to survey and look around and, and, and screen and rescreen and all, you know, like he, he doesn't want to run off screens. He doesn't want to have to do actions to get them to run an empty side pick and roll. He wants to just walk into it. Um, it doesn't mean that he can't do it. And I, I don't mean to paint Dame as like um, incapable. I mean, to paint him as stubborn, like mm-hmm. he wants to play the way he wants to play. And he's been great at it. He's built a hall of fame career yeah. kind of he's a doing top 75 it. player who scored 30 points in a season or 30 points. A yeah. Game in a like season he's been like on obscene so efficiency. Like, yeah. So it's like when the best player on your team, one of the best players in the history of the sport is like, this is the way I want to play. I tend to be like, yeah, do that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but isn't okay. So I think you're, you're kind of driving this. I don't want to cut you off Danny, but um, no. Mike, I think he's driving something that's, it's kind of a concern for me. Mm-hmm is I have zero feel of the coach and I keep hearing him do an interview or a post-game press conference and I'm hearing something that just isn't what I'm used to seeing the star player do. And that's not, again, to Mike's point, to indict Dame. Dame has been doing this, I mean, top-level stuff for his entire career. But it's like, isn't that kind of on the coach to, I, I guess, figure that out? Whereas, like, I don't, I have a hard time just seeing Dame go, okay, I'm going to be basically be, you want me to be Steph Curry. You want me to dribble up, get rid of it, run around some screens and get an open shot. That's good in theory, but we have failed. We have yet to see that, I guess, him do that. And that's what my concern is. Like if the coach is preaching something and the star player runs something slightly different, I I don't know, maybe that comes to a head or maybe you worry about that. I mean, this is, this is what goes into the season is their head coach is the, is one of the biggest question marks. And that's not always the most assuring feeling. I don't know about you, Mike, but this is why I, I, I think you and I at least see somewhat eye to eye if we vary on the numbers. Why I don't really bang on coaching all that much, because Terry Stotts did what was best to get the most out of his best player. Like, it was like, well, I want to see Dave run off the ball more. I want to see him, you know, uh, playing like Steph Curry, or I, I want to see this, I want to see that. And I'm like, well, Terry wants to win. 
And Perry wins by getting the guy who's his own offense unto himself 25 looks a night in the manner that he likes to get him in. Everybody else falls in line after that. I think that what's going to end up happening, at least if you're talking about a successful Blazers team, that's a marriage between Dame, and not just Dame, but Dame and Chauncey uh, mostly because those are the guys that are most important in this scenario, is that there does have to be a happy medium in that I think that the starting unit, number one, we'll talk about Hart here in a little bit. Hart needs to come out of that so they can kind of make things make a little bit more sense. But I think they need to be a Damian Lillard unit to start in end games. Spread, pick, and roll, screen, and rescreen. That's where you eat. The other stuff comes with the other guys. And that, that can be a problem in the locker room if you don't navigate that well enough. But as far as the... If anybody has the cachet to say, I'm, now I'm going to do it this way, it's Damian Lillard. But you run the, the, the mixed units if Anthony's running the, the, the bench units, or even if Dame's running the bench units. But if it's not the holistically the starters or that closing group, I think the big thing is you go with what works with Dame. With the other guys, you do a little bit more Chauncey ball. You get everybody involved. You keep things going. And, yes, it's a little bit clunky. But I think that's how you try to maximize this. And it's the same thing on the defensive end. If Yusuf Nurkic's out there, you're not going to play a heavy blitz coverage and switching everything. You're going to go into drop. You're going to have to deal with it. Some nights you're going to have some shooting variants that's going to kick you in the nuts. That's just the you, – you have a center who's seven foot 300 pounds who can't play above the three-point line 80% of your possessions defensively. It's just not – it's not something that's in the bag. So you play him and drop, and when you've got Grant or Winslow or Saar or whoever it is that's playing at the five, and you want to trap and be aggressive and use your athleticism and get out, that's the difference is it's all of the secondary guys. It's everybody after Damon Nurk. Everybody else but Damon Nurk fits kind of like the newer style. And that's not to squeeze Damon Nurk out, but I think you have to find these optimal pathings to get the most out of both of these kind of player groups. Yeah. I mean, isn't the art of coaching is figuring out that balance. Like yeah. that's, that's what his task is. Um, I, I would lean cause I'm like just uh, like pro labor communist or something, but I'm like, just give like, let, let's just let Dave do it. Let Dave would do what he wants to do. Uh, but the art of coaching, like the, the magic that makes this is going to make it work is that Chauncey has four, five, six things in his back pocket that are really fun Dame off the ball stuff that scares and breaks defenses because mm -hmm. Damian Lillard is running off screens. The idea of that is perfect. Perfect. Because it is, it is the thing that, that it is the thing that scares defenses is that very simply Dame, think Steph in the elevator plays. Right. For exactly. years, like, Oh crap. You gotta be, you get, you know, it's coming. And then it just kind of your pet plays that you go to. Yeah, and and it helps because the guy who's screening for Dame off the ball is now more dangerous because they want to get through that screen. Okay, you open up, you get like it's all of those things, right? You want that, but you don't. My the balance is like is that eighty percent of the playbook, or is that twenty percent of the playbook? And I think I think to me, I would lean letting your guy do what he does because. We don't have a track record of Dame being very good off the ball. Um, I am not an NBA coach. I'm a podcaster. Um, it's, it's like I don't know all of the nuances of it. But to me, it seems like 
the stuff that Chauncey wants to do should be the like, hey, let's go to it when we need it, as opposed to the base. And that's yeah. that's I think where the pushback is is like, what's the base and what's our go to, uh, and 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 what's the push and pull between those two things. So in the in the first whatever twenty five minutes of the podcast, we've determined that me, Brandon Sprague. Yusuf Nurkic play better with your contract and Mike pro labor communist. Did I get that right? Is that yes. the headlines from our podcast? Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Um, let me ask you then. So let me throw it at both you guys. Do you think that Hart being inserted in their starting lineup, whether that lasts or not, I mean, Chauncey's been on the record of saying it could be a turnstile, right? It could be Josh for three weeks and then, Hey, we're not getting the results. Okay. Justice, your turn. And Oh, Hey, Nas, you're playing better. Okay. Here you go. I'd rather have justice in there. I think it makes better sense with their lineup. And I'd, I'd love Josh off the bench. Do you think he put Josh in there to get more of what he's aiming to do more so than to say, how can I get what I want while still maneuvering or working with Dame on what Dame is comfortable with? Yeah. I, I mean, theory, Justice Winslow can pass, right? Like you're not, you're not sacrificing too much. Like he's, he played point guard center in his first you know, in the years three and four in Miami, like he really, he's got some juice with the ball in his hands. He's probably better with it dribbling than he is spacing. Um, I think the, the Josh Hart thing is just because those are your five best players. And the yeah. coach just wants to put his five best players in the court because that's maybe your best chance of winning. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. I, I think maybe there is a, a little bit of that though, of, of what you're saying, Brandon, of getting him in there just because that, Maybe Hart, because I, I feel like the 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 messaging that I've gotten gotten from the organization is that Chauncey loves Josh Hart, loves oh, yeah. Josh Hart, and whatever he can do to get him out there because he's kind of like not one of his guys in like a negative sense of like he's elevating him over other guys. It's just that he's more of his guy because I think both all three of the forwards, I think Nas, I think Josh and Justice are all guys that Chauncey loves. Like he likes that kind of player, six five, six six has some juice doing different things that you can just kind of mix and match with. But everybody keeps saying, well, why is Josh Hart starting? Why is Josh Hart starting? Why is Josh Hart starting? If you didn't see it because it was on League Pass and it wasn't carried anywhere, last night, Nasir Little came up to the podium and they talked about it. And he basically said, I wasn't hurt by it. I wasn't surprised by it. I'm not the dude that I was in January. He's not ready. So that if, if you're, again... I'm stealing from Richmond here. Context clues, folks. If you're looking through all of this, Nas ramps up around December. It's probably a good idea for him to slide in there if he earns it. And then two months later, Josh Hart's gone. Like, <laughs> and and just in general, like it's not. It's it's. You wanted it to be a tougher choice. I yes. don't think this was that tough of a choice. Like I could see the the Winslow thing, but like I Nas pushed back is, on the Winslow thing a little bit. I mean, if you're talking about just Josh and Nasir, it wasn't close. Like that's at all. But at all. I, I think Justice has looked the best with that group by far. Yeah. That that opening shift that or the opening two shifts that he had against Utah, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, he's doing stuff without needing to touch the ball, yeah. generating and steals, really keeping the ball moving. Yeah. Really active on defense, I would say that, that that's a big thing I noticed with him. Yeah, no, he's been good. Like I think you could debate the wins. That's what I was trying to say. You could debate the Hart Winslow thing. I don't think you could debate Nazir Little. He just hasn't been good. He even been good. even Desir said as much. Like yeah, we, I talked to him Saturday uh, before before they went down on Sunday, and him and Chauncey Chauncey had always said that the plan was always for Nas to start on Sunday, and then Saturday. Hey, do you think Nasir Little's gonna start? Uh, you don't know, man. That's up in the air. And as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, they're going with Hart. Like we 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 kind of knew, and we had Nas come over too, and 
you know, he was kind of like, and he wasn't, the weird thing was he wasn't the uh, sad puppy. There wasn't any of that. There was like, I'm not there. Somebody had pulled him aside and told him, you're not there yet. And he had kind of, I think he's accepted that. Nas Which, has good Nas has good vibes though. He's not yes. a, he's not a not a powder. This not is a not powder. a sour like uh, this is my job. Da, 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 da. It was none of that. I don't want any of that to any for anybody to think that that's a situation. This is no. just him not being healthy for the last six months and yeah. ramping up. I I would very much imagine that he by December he has a good opportunity to be out there starting. So you what know you I want what you I want think, is. Oh, go ahead. No, go for it. Well, I was just going to say, too, I, th- I think the other part of this, too, is you talk about Nas having good vibes. Um, you know, it feels like the team has built some good camaraderie with that California trip. And, you know, but I, I am curious. You guys look at the schedule. I mean, Jesus, Sacramento, Phoenix, Lakers, Denver, Miami, Houston. OK, well, we talked about this. They, the, the, Phoenix, the opening third Miami, of the schedule is I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And I I guess I'm curious, too, because I, I don't want to I'm not pointing fingers at any one person. But this team just went through this where they, they they didn't start well and vibes and, you know, kind of just the locker room just wasn't it wasn't meshing. It wasn't going well. I guess I'm more curious, too, if, if they struggle to get their identity going. GP2 doesn't sound like he's going to be ready by the start of the year. It's going to take a couple games. I, defensively, they could struggle. They don't have depth behind Nurk that you really trust. You're probably going to get beat up on the boards. We're talking about rotations and lineups. And are we worried at all about this, about them starting their first like 15 games, like not ideally at all and what that kind of means for them and and where they're going this year? Kind of think, I think it depends on what you think the end is. Like if you think this is like a team that's one of the, five best teams in the West. Yeah, you should be worried because they don't look close to it. If you think this is one of the 10 best teams in the West, yeah, no problem, baby. They could be 10th. Like, they? Know, like- <laughs> they, they need to get through their first, I think I did the math on this. I think it was the first 24 yeah. games. They need to get through the first 24 games to be at 500. Typically, that's really they need to be. Typically by game 30 in the NBA season, you know who's good or not. Mm-hmm. If, if they're, I don't know, if, if they're eight and 16, that's a bad team and they're not coming back. Like, that, you know, it's like, it, yeah, you know, it's, 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 I don't we know they're, they're going to make moves too. So totally, totally. And you don't know what that's going to look like, but like, right. I, I would be, if, if you were someone who's like this team's upside is home court advantage. Yeah. I'd be worried. Cause they don't look close to that. If you think this was, if you think this is like pesky play in team with a chance to be with a chance to be more. Yeah. I wouldn't, I'm not freaking out yet. I think that's, Honestly, I think that is the difference between me and Danny because Danny's saying like, "Hey, they'll get there." You know, it's 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 uh, it's so early to 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 determine what they're going to grow into. And I'm like, "Nah, there. I seen it. <laughs> like, like I, I'm, I'm not, no, no. I'm saying you're not wrong. I'm I'm at the point of there's even though I am beating up on the things that I know, like Nurk Nurk's not in shape. Dame is not ramped up yet." Jeremy Grant, we haven't talked about anything positive. Jeremy Grant is very good. Looks Jeremy good. Grant is everything is advertised. He's the best wing this team has had in 15 years. And it's been tremendous watching him play. I was like, he's had like four plays a night where the Blazers, you wouldn't get four plays a week out of their wings. They're giving you four <laughs> plays. A, he's giving you four plays a night that makes you stand up and go, oh, shit. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> I mean, he bullied threw two guys on that that grab and go last night against the Kings and just packed it and I went 
Haven't seen that in a while from a Blazers wing. Like, if you want to talk about like optimists, like that's the. I'm looking at that. I'm looking at uh, Nasir Little ramping up. I'm looking at the moments of Shaden Sharp. I'm looking at Trendon Watt for being getting out there doing a few things. I'm looking at Anthony Simons finding his shot last night. Like, there's there's like little things that I expect to kind of come along. And this, I, I think, I know, Mike, we're, we're, we're pushing up against it for you. You don't usually go past the 30-minute mark here. Uh, I'm exhausted. Mike held me for an extra 25 <laughs> minutes. We're holding Mike. I don't give a damn. Um, the We we really talk about this much, and it's a big topic. The idea of how Dame and Ant are playing off each other. It hasn't been great, and everybody knows. Like, I, I'm, I'm the Ant guy. Da, da, da. But I firmly believe that they will figure that out as far as the balance is concerned. And I, I have belabored this point to a thousand. Do I think it's going to be perfect? No, because they are both ball dominant. But Anthony is a guy. In talking to him over the summer, he he got he told me he got his Rip Hamilton on. Like he was working on. Like if you were to think of a guy in the NBA who kind of embodies that off-ball shooter, hard to find a guy outside of Steph Curry that embodies that more than Anthony Simons. You're, you're talking about a guy who's a 50% catch-and-shoot guy over the last two years. Whether it's one dribble, pull-up, off the catch, off screens, like he, he shoots the hell out of the ball. I think that's a way to kind of keep a little bit, again, that 20%. Like if you're running those pet plays for Dame, but you're running those actions more often than not for Ant, the difference is, is Ant needs to find those moments with that second unit where he's getting his. And that's where the balance, and you saw that last night a little bit more where he was like, there was very clearly direction to Anthony Simons, or he decided, I'm going to shoot the hell out of this ball tonight. When it hits my hands and I'm open, I'm not deferring anymore. And all of a sudden you started to see shots go in, which, mm-hmm. yeah, that's you kind of expect that. Are you looking at that, Mike, as like, is there an optimal level for success that surpasses what Damon CJ had offensively? Not necessarily in points, but team-wise. Yeah, I mean, CJ just likes to dribble more. So, like, it's, you know, so it's just like Ant is a better fit in terms of like what he wants to do. He's a great catch and shoot shooter, one of the best in the league. I, I would say I was surprised even in the moment when Anthony Simon, I was in the locker room, so I missed this, but it's like when Ant got asked about uh, his fit with Dame. I feel like Ant is just shooting bricks. Like, I do not think it's, I, and then he was like, yeah, I'm still a work in progress. And I was like, Really, dog? I feel like you're just missing shots that you make. Like, and um, yeah, like I, to me, it was like there was one early in the Utah game where Dame does what he does. He beats his man and drives hard to the left. We've seen him do it 22 million times. Mm-hmm. That's what he's going to do. And Ant relocates to the opposite right wing and catches a catches a perfect pass from Dame and shoots a brick. Like it was mm-hmm. just gross off the back rim. Great. <laughs> like great. Yeah, you take that play all day. The process yeah. was great. Yeah, great. Yeah. Like, and if, if that goes in, then it's like, damn, Dame and Ant are really balling together. Right. But it's like you don't remember the bricks. Like, I, I, just, I, I have, I'm not worried about them at all as a fit on offense at all. I have zero concerns about them on offense. They might suck on defense. I'm, I, yeah, I'm, I'm. So, well, let me say this offensively too. I mean, for anybody out there worried about, hey, Ant's not shooting the ball really well, and how does it look with him and Dame? Can you please tell me what the numbers were the first two months of the Dame CJ era when it started? I'll wait. No, you don't know it because yeah. all you know is like six years of history. You don't remember the first two months. So let's let uh, him gel a little bit. I, I do think CJ had 37 in his first game. Okay. Well, Mike, get the hell out of here. Okay. Nobody <laughs> if, cares about Fox score, if, Mike. If you want right? to talk about when they first started together in the Memphis series, 
Well, you know what I mean. No, 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 I'm just saying. CJ averaged 15. Like, it wasn't, like, otherworldly. Sure. But I'm saying it's like, we, we, it we're projecting, yes. yeah, we're projecting a partnership off of six years instead of saying, hey, can they play for two months together before we have some hot take? I think Mike is hitting on the probably the biggest thing, and we've kind of mentioned it here. I, I, I it's crazy because like I'm watching this, and and Danny, we talked about preseason last year. Mike, you're kind of in on it. Not everything from preseason is going to translate exactly how it is, right? Some things are going to be different, good and bad. But I'm going through the West, man, and I'm going through the schedule, and I'm like, I don't think they're better than this team. No, no. And I'm, like, starting to get more down on them than maybe where I was because one of the things I've noticed is that defense is awful. And I don't know, as as big a 6'3 as he is, I don't know if a GP2 is coming in and go, hey, guys, we got to figure it out. At the end of the day, who are you closing the game with? Probably Damon Ant, the backcourt. 100 so, 100% like, chance. So like that that's a side of the ball that's ultimately going to make or break. I never buy him as a 5 seed, but like to make the playoffs I would assume is the goal here and if it's not then I I don't know what it is, but I would assume that's what it is. They're going to struggle if 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 they don't figure that out and I just I guess I'm asking in October 10th will they? Was one player coming back really going to change everything for them defensively because I don't know how much defense we're going to get um, from certain guys on this team is what I would say. Boy, do I got a podcast for you. It's called four reasons for optimism about the Portland trailblazers. <laughs> Available on YouTube premiering on YouTube tonight at eight 30 PM. I'm babe. Subscribe to the locked on blazers channel and about at the 16 minute mark. We'll talk all about Gary Payton, the second and his impact on this defense. Mike, Mike, you can't, you can't, piss on people for 45 minutes and then give them a hand up and like, Hey, why don't you come up? You're a little wet right now. No, listen, listen, <laughs> I, I do. I do think, I do think there is a real cascading effect of putting one more good defender in the league or on in the lineup. Mm. Put one more good defender in the lineup. Josh Hart looks like a better defender because his ask is different. Put yes. one more good defender in the lineup and, and Yusuf Nurkic is not out recovering at 19 feet. He's back right. at nine feet because he didn't have to come out as far. It doesn't, it's not gonna, you're not gonna vault them into the top 10. But there is like a cascading effect of just like less bad defenders and also like maybe legitimate good defensive lineups, like more combinations where you have an above average defense. Like I think it's mm-hmm. possible. Um, yeah, in general, this is gonna be a bad basketball team on that end of the floor. They just don't have the personnel for it. And on nights that Nurk isn't the guy, they don't have anyone else to go get. Like it's a roster thing for now. And at least early part of the season, it's just, it's just the truth with them. That's why the offense has to kick ass. If you are, if you believe in this team, you believe that this is the, a, one of the three best offenses in the league. And I feel like that is much more concerning from preseason. I don't like the defense being bad. You believe it, right? Like you, Mm. you, you saw the names on the, you saw the names on the, on the box score. Like, come on. But like, if this, if this team is going to be good, the offense has to be really good. And offense have, like, that's for me, I'm much, much, much more concerned about their strengths, not being strong. Than gotcha. Their still being weak. Gotcha. Like, I mean, again, I, all caveats aside of me being the ant guy, I've seen moments of ant better defensively. And I've seen moments of ant worse defensively so far in preseason where like, He's shined in individual isolation when he's not had to deal with pick and rolls. Like, legitimately good heads-up defense. 
And then when he has to navigate pick and rolls, sometimes he gets caught on it. Sometimes it's, it's a little too much, or sometimes he's a step too late, or he goes under when he should go over. Like there was, mm-hmm. it was one was it wasn't Darren Fox, it was uh, Kevin Herter. He got he went under on Herter, and Herter just yacked on him. It was like, oh yeah, no, you you can't do that with him. And I think that's just some <laughs> some scouting stuff, and you gotta clean that stuff up. But being that guy, being the starter, and this is the, always I think the biggest thing. It's not just the offensive workload; it's that in that starting lineup, you're no longer going against second units. Like, your defensive responsibility is a dude across from you. And so you have, for those six minutes in that first quarter and then those five minutes in the fourth quarter, you have got to dial that stuff in because it's not just about you hunting. Like, when you're when yeah. you're like a bench guy or a six-man, which everybody wants to keep putting every time it's in, it's not happening. Calm down. Um but hunting those matchups. Wait, people like, want to do what with it? They want to stick him on the bench again. Well, you see, if you Who? move CJ McCollum to the bench, <laughs> then it then would it solves free, the problems. It would free up Mo Williams, and then you'd be finally you'd have the solution you've been looking for. You start Will Barton, and then you've got it all figured out. It's funny that we can go back to 2013 with this very easily. Oh god, it's, it really, it really, it's the same thing. Putting Brandon was the... doing night radio shows back then. He was on a he was on a nine I was. p.m. He was on a nine p.m. radio I was. show. In fact, I'll give you I'll give you a hot take. Uh, when I was doing that night radio show, they had like a three or four game losing streak. I think I went to the air and was like, "Hey, he might be he might be uh, Jamal Crawford." Okay, it might be six but, man. But, but it's six man. Him? Oh, Jesus. it might it might be. Yeah, hell yeah, I was <sighs> man. I was like any other Blazer fan. You're freaking out as soon as they lose two plus games in a row. You're like, "Oh shit, man, we're we're in the standings." You know, we're not we're not looking good right now and. You panic and you're like, oh, it's four games of 82. No big deal. I mean, you heard my podcast. I'm pretty mad about 0 3 in the preseason. Yeah, yeah you I'm... are. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> I, I love how you're not counting the game against the second tier Israeli division team. I do appreciate that. With with American free agents that For aren't on three the three NBA players. Come on now. With American free agents that aren't on the roster. No, I'm not. That one does not count for me. It was entertaining, but it was it was, it was, it was no. a lot of fun. Let me tell you. I was uh, more upset it wasn't on television because we had that god awful football game, and I'm like, cool. I. Oh, Sharp's going I, listen, off. the decision made, whether it was the Colts Broncos or, or Blazers uh, Maccabi, I made the right choice going to the Blazers game. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Well, uh, we also went to that game. We went to the Jazz game instead of watching Victor Wembanyama. Yeah, we made, we made mistakes on that one. That was a mistake by you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we yes. got we, it yes. came back on Thursday, yeah. you know, comes back around. On, a little you know, karma just, about it. Yeah. But as far as, like, the defensive side of things, Dame's Dame. Dame's Dame. I just... You know, he, he he needs to be better on that end. There's there's no doubt about it. But like how much better, by, mileage may vary. Um, I do think you're going to get good Anthony Simons defense, and I think you're going to get bad Anthony Simons defense. I think he legitimately cares, and, and not that CJ didn't, although that's up for debate. I do think Anthony cares about how he's perceived on that end and wanting to get better on that end. Now, is that if if it becomes like league average, is that passable? Does that make the defense that much better? I don't know. Not not necessarily as far as like what Chauncey wants to do, but if he's passable in that second unit of Ant, Hart, Justice, whoever, like whoever ends up being Nas, what? Yeah, GP and Olivier like what, Star. Yeah, like whatever that ends up looking like. If, if you can't really like hunt anybody, can they make their bones in that grouping? Yeah, I think that's something to kind of like if you're looking for something positive or where you mm-hmm. can like pull some strings. Because the starting unit is the starting unit, the closing unit is the closing unit. Like that like what Mike said is spot on. 
they just need to snowball offensively. Like the the to, in my mind, the best world is you you get Nurk a couple touches early in the fourth quarter, but then you're basically relying on him as a release valve and as, as, and a defensive presence. Otherwise, it's Dame, Ant, Jeremy, Josh just steamrolling other four man units offensively. Like that's that's kind of where I end up sitting as as it pertains to like what you're hoping for from that grouping. I think the dangerous thing is assuming Nurk's available in the fourth quarter and hasn't fouled out. He'll only have four fouls by then. But oh, so give him two more minutes in the fourth quarter, and then he'll... Yeah, you're going to bring him in the f- with four minutes left, not six. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, has, has either, how much has either of your perceptions changed in preseason? Because I think I went from them being... Uh, I, I mentioned this, uh, like, from... I think I thought they were like a mediocre team with upside to, I feel like they're a mediocre team and I don't love their upside as much. How much has your perception changed from three games that don't count? I feel like Danny's going to have a much longer answer than me. So I'll sum this up. It's basically where you're at. Um, Like just being dead honest with you. It's not everything from preseason, but I mean, I just look at the West man and they need, they need a couple teams to really blow up. They need the Lakers to blow up. They need the Suns to blow up. I, I buy Minnesota. Um, You know, I, I think Dallas with Luca. I know it's wood, but I think Dallas is still going to be feisty every night and good. Like, yeah, they're good. I just, I, I, I'm a little more down on them than where I was when the roster got completed, and and I am allowing some of that preseason stuff to sneak into my brain. But I also know that they're going to make a few moves, and so that's I'm allowing some wiggle room if they can stay afloat to make those moves and and maybe be better than I think right now. You're just like, Oh, Jared Vanderbilt will get that rebound. I'm not worried. <laughs> hey, give me him all day, please. You're like, uh, you're like oh, oh, I think Jared will get that. Oh, that's cool. It's cool. I know that we, they didn't get that board, but you know, in, in January, Jared Vanderbilt will get that rebound. So it's fine. <laughs> Mike's not entirely wrong with where I'm going here. Um, I mean, Brandon, you and I have talked ad nauseum about where I view this team. And I, as someone who wants to see this team build towards a title, like that's ultimately like what I've always been about. If you're not building towards sort something, tear it down. You mm-hmm. should be, if you're not building up, you should be tearing down. And I think that they want to see exactly who's who and where's where before they take their next step. And I think they do have a little bit of that luxury because of the way the roster is, because there was only so much that they could do. You had nine plus years of Neil Olshay and you had nothing left in the cupboard. And they did what they could. I think they got the best player that they have gotten into this city in Jeremy Grant since Damian Lillard. Like I, I, as far as like adding a, a player of consequence at a position of uh, that matters. And so they, they've they've taken at least one big step. But beyond that, I don't know who what they are. And I'm as much as I've said it over and over and over again. I am giving this until the trade deadline, and and Cronin has said as much. We don't. I mean, full of God, folks. He flat out said in the press conference at media day, not going to win a whole lot of games early on. He like, did say that. He did. Like, it was a <laughs> mark, remarkable moment when he said, we won't measure the early season on wins and losses. The dude in charge. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Yeah. You, you, listen, the, it's not the same way the other gentlemen would have talked about the team. <laughs> But it should have been louder. It should have been louder than the bravado is someone saying plainly, we don't, we might not be good early in the season. That should have been a, like, if they knew it then, he knew it before they started yes. training camp. Yeah, we he did. You, you got to trust him. Uh, Listen, sorry. On, on that note, Mike, real quick. 
when Joe Cronin says something, probably you should listen at this point, right? Yeah, I, I think I was talking maybe to, to Brandon about this, but I, it, like, I just don't know him well enough, like his public comments mm-hmm. to know if like it's BS or not, right? Because like some people are good at um, BSing in a press conference. And so I was like, I, I want to be media day is going to be the day where I realize is Joe, t- it, when Joe talks, is it real or is it smoke? He was honest with yeah. us. He was honest with us. It was probably none of us, even the three of us on the show wanted to hear, but like he was, he was pretty, he was pretty freaking honest with us. Um, that's why listeners get your pitchforks ready. We're going to Joe's house and we're going to yes. ask, why isn't Jabari Walker playing more? What's the mystery behind What is it? that, by the way? Do we know? He's, he's 20, a yeah. second round pick. Like, I, I, I've asked good. and it's been mostly. It's preseason like, basketball. Who gives a shit? Like yeah. play coach in all the minutes. The what are we doing? Is, the coach is playing the dudes who are going to play yeah. like, you know, like he's, he's showed you who's going to play. And right now the coach doesn't think the 57th oh. pick in the NBA draft is ready to ride. Uh, but luckily they're going to play a fake game on uh Tuesday against the Warriors. I bet you going to play a whole bunch. Yeah. A whole bunch. The unfortunate part of this is that Sunday was probably the, the kind of uh dress rehearsal night. And that's, it wasn't that's, great. That's the last thing image before we go into regular season <laughs> basketball. But as far as like as far as preseason changed anything, it didn't really change anything because my expectations were pretty low. I I have I full disclosure, I, I put money on them to beat the over. You but got them at forty one wins. I got them at thirty nine and a half. But no, no, oh. so no, no, the, the line was thirty nine and a half. So you forty, but yeah, forty, 40 and above. Like I, forty. Yeah. I'm like Damian Lillard is better than forty one wins. That was basically my justification. Like, are they drastically better than that? Probably not. No, but like yeah. forty, like I've I've told Brandon, forty three mm-hmm. wins is where I've just had this team pegged for from the jump, and it it can be anywhere between forty one and forty four with coin tosses in between, mostly because I believe post trade deadline, not necessarily the moves they're going to make, the tanking is going to be so egregious that those final thirty games, those could be games that they just blitz through, because teams are just trying to lose. Like if you look at those final thirty games, outside of the final two weeks. It is nothing. It is nothing yeah. but teams that are going to tank. And by then, the Blazers will have Jakob Pertl, so they'll be they'll have a much better center right there. So they'll be, they'll be really doing doing work. Listen, I, I've heard Pertl's name more in the last month than in the last. He's getting. Four years I mean, he's getting traded somewhere. He's 100%. not going to play for the Spurs. No, he's not going to play for the Spurs. Him so. and Kelvin Johnson are both probably on their way out. So, so the teams that are going for a generational alien. Uh, are going all in and we get Jakob Pertle. I know. Listen, don't, let's not do that to them now. Yeah. Let's, 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 wait. let's go on. That's a level of negativity. I, I, I think we should wait for a little later. I, I had, I had no idea. Like, like their last two years have been awful. And you on your podcast were like, Hey, we saw this coming the last two years. I just didn't believe it. Now I'm believing it. I'm like, <laughs> well, I had notes in here. Like, should I ask Mike about what guys he's looking at for the trade deadline right away? Like, I was like, no, 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 let's not, let's not go that far. But like those, that's the way I am already beyond. Are we like, sure between... Portland's not one of these teams? By the way, yes. How how can they pull the plug? Yeah, they they just there's too they many too many to pull. Yeah, they got too many. I... Like they got a big plug, and then there's some little plugs. No, those 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 other plugs are when it comes to tanking, tanking. Those plugs are big. Yeah, I, to me, like last year was so egregious that they'd have to do something similar. But to to like precipitate that they needed Damian Lord to be done, done. Like, no I, I guess what asked. I'm asking is how bad is it where the situation there's health, health isn't a problem and it's just bad. 
if they're if they're like 10 11 cusp in at the at trade deadline which is totally reasonable mm-hmm. uh, because the west is just loaded i am going to be banging the drum for for jumping out of the airplane there is yeah. there's there's yeah if, if not mm-hmm. even for victor like this this draft is loaded yeah this is this like is a this is a six gen, dudes. this is a generational class like if you're if you're looking for your saviors ladies and gentlemen this draft class has mm-hmm. got them I, I will say this. I do think the quality of the draft class and the uncertainty of the Blazers' talent makes them pretty unlikely to want to get off, get out from under that Chicago pick. Uh, I think they're going to want to hold on to the, that. Yes. Keep the maybe we'll be in the lottery yeah. again type of they, thing. They are not going to remove those protections of the trade. 100%. No. 100%. Yes. Yeah. Because it's too risky for their situation. So if you are, if, if you're in the chat right now, concocting a fake trade, take. Take that out. Don't put that out. Yeah, because they're so, not getting rid of that. It doesn't. It just doesn't make sense for their situation. All right, we're running up against this. We'll get you out of here, Mike. Uh, go ahead and plug. You, you said you have your your latest. It's dropping here in an hour and a half. Yeah, you, you can also listen to me uh, six to nine a.m. on ten eighty the fan, or if you come back at noon, I'll also be available <laughs> there. Uh, noon to three with uh, Danny and Dusty. I'm the new guy, and they put my name first, baby. What do you know about it just, that? It just sounded better. Listen, oh, I we've know. actually done internal polling on that. It's interesting. Did you? Oh, I, release because, the numbers. Because I, 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 said, I said, dude, Danny, Dusty and Danny, I don't care. Well, that, the problem is your co's couldn't care less either. That's no. what's, yeah. you know, he, oh, yeah. he yeah. could care less. But Mike, I'm glad you, I'm glad you mentioned the third, you know, your third favorite person on a, the morning show with there the two go. hosts. I, hey, I, I will say, uh, when I did those power rankings on my favorite yeah. local radio host, yeah. Danny hadn't been hired yet. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, I move up to two. <laughs> two uh, or we... down to four? Is that is that Quattro? I see. <laughs> Brandon Quattro Sprague. Thank you. That's Quattro Sprague. Thanks for ha- hey. I do. I do. This was fun. Thanks for having no, me on, guys. This, this is a blast. <laughs> Uh, I have a daily podcast. It's called Locked on Blazers. If you don't know about it and you thought that uh, anything I said here was stupid, you can just go find me on you that YouTube channel. Go find him and leave his comments. Yeah, exactly. Tell me <laughs> tell me to my face. Uh, pump the algorithm. You know, it's it's 30 minutes a day, bite-sized content. You could start your day with it. It's a bunch of fun. There's plenty of room in your day for, for it. You can even listen to it in between Brandon and uh, Danny's radio shows. Listen, folks, I, I always say this. There's enough room for everybody in this market to eat. I'm never going to downplay whether it's Mike, whether it's Jason, whether it's Sean. I'm always – that's like everybody – you don't have to choose one. Like that's why I – what I like having everybody on is this that this hyper competitive, like I have to be isolationist like landscape that you see in media all over the place. So go support Mike. Follow him on Twitter. Follow him on don't don't follow him on Twitter. He he doesn't like that. Send him emails. Send him emails. There you go. There you go. Locked on Blazers Pod at gmail.com because locked on Blazers was already taken. Love to see it. Love to see it. Wait, uh, what's what's the handle? I think I tagged the wrong handle in my tweet for today. No, no. The the, the Twitter account is locked on Blazers. Oh, okay. But uh, <laughs> when I inherited the show, I like didn't yeah. ask for the email login. And then it was like too far down the line. So gotcha. I, had to make, I have the worst email of that a podcast has ever had. But, you know, it's too late now. And you can find me there. Locked on Blazers Pod at gmail.com. See? Perfect. Uh, you can find Brandon and I at 1080 The Fan. Brandon from 6 to 9 in the morning with his co-host Dirt Dirt and Sp- 
break uh, and Swag is out for the week. And then I will be on with uh, Dusty as always noon to 3 uh, on 1080. You can find us on social media at Danny Morang, at Brandon Sprague, at Mike G. Rich. You can follow the show at Jack Ramsey's and at Jack Ramsey's on Instagram as well. Thank you all so, so very much. We appreciate you. Love you. Uh, go enjoy the last preseason game for the Portland Trailblazers Tuesday night. It's on TV. Look at that. At least that was last last word, right? Like nothing has changed. Okay, cool. Thumbs up across the board. Uh, everybody, go enjoy uh, the rest of the Monday night football night, Monday night football game, and we will catch you guys. Uh, we will be back uh, on uh, Math Wednesday. Uh, Sean Hyken will join the show, and uh, I'm sure he has nothing but positive things to say, just like Mike. Uh, until then, take care, and we'll talk soon. Have a wonderful night, guys. Bye. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.